Hello, this is Pia Silva from Worst of All Design, and you are listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, and you are a badass. Whoop! Yes, that was awesome, and I'm leaving the whoop on. All right, I, I'm going to... Should I have said Worst of All Design or Badass, your brand? I don't know. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. You can say piasilva.com. I'll leave all of this on there so we hit everything. How's that sound? Okay. Okay, okay cool. Sounds good. All right, I'll be right back. I have to hit stop and then I'll be right back. Okay. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Brent, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Thank you, Jeff Smith. It is an amazing day for me here in Orlando, Florida. Orlando. I've been to Orlando. Orlando's fun. It is fun. It really is. Um, it was a great place to raise kids. It's a it's a happy place. I'm all about happy, although I very <laughs> seldom go to uh, Disney unless you. it's a uh, low census day. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right. I love living here. I really do. Yeah. One trick I learned is um, if you're not interested in the Super Bowl one year for whatever reason, like it's not your team or you don't think it's going to be fun, go to like a theme park during the Super Bowl. There you go. Because there you go. There's no lines, and you're just absolutely running around. A little like hint. A little hint is yeah. a great time to come to Orlando uh, for Disney is the week before Thanksgiving. People are saving up for the holidays. All right. The, the oh, temperature yeah. is really nice. It's a great time to be here. If I'm going to Disney, that's where I'm going. So just a little added bonus for listening here today. <laughs> Good tip. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Okay, so I know about practicehappynow.com, right? Yes, uh, Talk that's a little it. bit about uh, what you got going on in your business. So I am a clinical hypnotherapist. I've been a registered nurse for um, over 30, 30 years now. Wow. So I love what I do. I love how people understand the science of the body and how to make changes. But for me... I understood in my late 40s after I got divorced that happiness was not going to come and sit in my lap. So I had to find a way to make that happen for myself. And I did my own work. And you have to practice that state. You have to train your oh, brain. Yeah. You have to so understand what's affecting you subconsciously, right? right. So um, I'm all about practicing happy and really creating your own reality. So, okay, that's that's pretty amazing. You know, and I don't, I think you might be the first professional hypnotist hypnotherapist that I've ever talked to. So if I start barking like a dog, then we know why. <laughs> You're not I wish it was that easy. Me. I would have a lot of fun in my life, right? <laughs> uh, for sure. You know, um, stage hypnosis is, it's very real, but I do, as a professional hypnotherapist, I do, um, I fight against that a little bit. So no, it's I always a good starting you. point for me, you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, it really is because what you see on there is very real. They're putting them in the state of hypnosis. Really? So yes, it's not absolutely. fake and, or stage. No, oh, wow. no. I went to in Vegas about six months ago. I went to a show because I wanted to see what was happening, and mm -hmm. um, you wanted to I, see if it was real or fake. Oh yeah, or, yeah I had yeah. my whole 
you know, crowd in the back and I was telling him what was going on and what was actually happening and how he was putting them in the state, how he was releasing those that weren't buying into it, that weren't going into hypnosis. Okay. Okay. But something very interesting, the mind will never let you be something you disagree with. And in hypnosis, if, um, I can't mm-hmm. make anybody say or do anything they want, neither can a stage hypno- hypno- hypnotist. Okay. So this guy was a youth pastor. He was doing funny stuff. Great. In hypnosis, I could tell, uh, that he was in hypnosis, but the guy at the end, uh, told him he was uh, going to be a porn star and he gave him a rubber, uh, doll. Okay. The guy opened his eyes, looked at the guy, said, no man can't do it. And he walked off stage and I said, there it is. That is a perfect example that you, that I, you right. can't make someone do what they don't want to. And okay. it crossed the line for him yeah. morally for him. And yeah, yeah, he yeah. left. It was yeah. amazing to watch. Yeah. So at some level, your conscious mind is listening, paying attention, evaluating. And if you're not buying in, then you wake up basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the conscious mind, they're like a, like a teeter totter during the day, the 5% of the conscious mind's open and it's analytical, it's judging. Mm -hmm. And 95% of the subconscious mind's always there with you, right? You can't have one without the other. Right, right. When the hypnosis, when the change in a brainwave, your subconscious is open, Mm -hmm. but the conscious mind's always there. So you're not asleep. I tell people hypnosis doesn't put you to sleep. It wakes you up because when you're in that state, man, you know, your truth. You know your blocks, you know your real pain, and mm. you can get to it and you can change it. That's where change happens is in that state. Mm. You can't outthink your, your history. You can't outthink your false beliefs. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing when you're in that state. So absolutely. It's almost like you have to, you're using, like I'm going to use a, a computer program method, a metaphor really, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yes. it's like hypnosis is sort of like, you know, opening up an editor and, and, you know, rewriting some code. Oh, we've got some stuff in here about addiction. <laughs> Let's open this yeah. up and delete tobacco. <laughs> Something Absolutely. Right? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what I do. Absolutely. Right, right. I do this really cool thing with, um, with people is the control room of your mind. I do this right, for I've heard pain. of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you, but you can't outthink it. You go into a state of hypnosis, not hard to do. Uh, and you go in and you, you visualize, let's say if you're having pain somewhere in your body, you see the dial connected to it and you say, oh, it's an eight. And then you slowly turn it down mm-hmm. and you release it. Or if you have anxiety or fear, you see where the level is mm-hmm. and you can turn it down. I do a uh, control room of the mind all the time with my clients. It's fun. Yeah. You, you're basically programming. So, you know, um, my book, How Big Is Your Butt, B-U-T, is about mm-hmm. blocks, right? The butt is the block uh, right. in people's life. Sure, and sure. that's just um, in the subpersonality of the ego state. So talk about programming. That part of you that's blocking you, pr- trying to protect you uh, or whatever it's doing right. has a high intention. Mm-hmm. But let's say procrastinators, right? A lot of us have that. If you yeah, procrastinate. Oh, yeah, right. That part of you is doing, trying to protect you usually from mm-hmm. failure or from, because if you're stuck and you're not doing it, then there's no room for failure or disappointment, right? So it's just running that old program right, that used right. to work for you, but isn't working for you. So in hypnosis, oh, yeah. when you go in and change that computer program, yeah, yeah. give it a new thing, it's amazing how you stop the uh, behavior. Yeah. You know what I, I had, I went through this whole like spiritual, it was like scientific to begin with. And then I went through the spiritual side 
of, you know, like what working on, you know, sort of like, uh, what did they call them? Sort of like self-limiting beliefs, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just trying to tinker around and recode myself. Um, and then, uh, after I retired from the air force, I went to massage school just mostly for fun. <laughs> uh-huh. And Did your wife like <clears throat> that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the only reason that she liked it was because I got paid to go. So okay, I was making money. So that's all she really cared about. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you what didn't I, give her any massages? Come on. Of course. She still begs for massages. Uh-huh. She was begging for a <laughs> massage last night, uh-huh. <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I learned that, you know, not just, you know, the, the, the brain computer metaphor works at all levels, right? That mm-hmm. was another thing I learned that, you know, like movement habits, right? There's a program for that too. You know, you don't, every time you want to lift up a pencil, you don't go, okay, you know, you have to do all these very complicated uh, brain muscle coordination. No, you just Mm -hmm. lift up the pencil. You don't even know how you do it, right? But that's a, that's a program that you wrote way back when, you know, when you were in kindergarten or something (laughs) and it's there and it's firing all the time. Every time you want to pick up a pencil or sit down or whatever, Right. Mm-hmm. And and there are different ways, different massage techniques where you can open up those programs and rewrite them, too. I just think the mind and the body are just fascinating forever. <laughs> well, absolutely. So, for instance, um, it's very true. It's not ch- hypnosis is only a change in a brainwave. You go from a beta, which is conscious, right. high beta right, right, stress right. to alpha. So it's not that hard oh, to like get into medita- it. So it's like meditative when, state almost. Absolutely. Meditation right. and light hypnosis are the same. It's an alpha wave. Mm-hmm. And a deeper work is done in a theta wavelength and then right, sleep is below that. Right. So... When you're doing when you're doing massage, um, you're very relaxed. (laughs) You're in an alpha state. You are in an alpha state. When you're at the end of yoga and you're just silent, you're Mm, in an alpha. You're in a hypnotic. Yes. And the reason you love your yoga yoga instructor, people will just follow them anywhere, is because they're very good at suggestions at the end. And when they can make you feel that great, it's because they know how to structure what they're saying to you Mm. to reach that subconscious mind and shift you in that moment. Um, so it's not that hard to get into it. So when you're in getting a massage, you're actually in a a hypnotic trance. Wow. Now I'm going to hit the recorder to make sure they're not telling me to tip them way too much. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, no, but of course you can't make them do anything they don't want to do, but if they appreciate it, uh, they will absolutely do it. So when you're going into sleep every night, you're going into a natural state of hypnosis. So, um, I actually teach people how to sleep again, because if you're not listening to your subconscious mind, man, if the only time you're talking, it it can talk to you is at night, that's going to keep you awake or it's going to wake you up at two or three in the morning. So, uh, yes. So you have to learn some techniques to manage the subconscious mind Mm. because it'll start as a whisper and then it starts screaming at you if you don't. Um, and I also have a free meditation on practicehappynow.com. So I want to encourage people to go check that out if they're not sleeping. They should definitely do that. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. Sure. Yeah. Excellent. I practice love And there's another one com, called, right? yeah, practicehappynow.com. And there's another one called Higher Self Meditation for people to start hearing that positive reframe in their life mm. if they're feeling a lot of negativity uh, to go check that out. But 
The other thing is, is when you're waking up in the morning, this is a little hint for you and for your listeners. Um, when you're waking up in the morning and your arms feel really heavy, Jeff, you know, you're in a natural state of hypnosis. Okay. This is a perfect opportunity before you open your eyes to visualize how you want your day to go. Mm. I'm going to be calm when I do that project. I'm going to be very focused. I'm going to remember what I need to remember when I need to remember it. Whatever it is you want for your for your day, spend that five minutes, spend that three minutes even, Whatever seeing it. Takes, yeah. it Yes, because your mind doesn't know the difference between real or imagined. So when you imagine your day before you even get out of bed, now that's what your mind grabs a hold of when you're up against the situation and life gets much easier. So do your own programming even before you step out of bed. I love it. I'm going to start trying that one. Yeah. I set my snooze uh, before I have to get out of bed. So I'll alert myself and then I close my eyes and then I do that. And it's really, it's really helpful. I'm going to try that. I'm always waking up like an hour or so before the alarm. Yeah. You know, that's okay. (laughs) So learn how to put you, if you want to go back to sleep, Mm -hmm. um, teachers tell yourself it's safe for you to go back to sleep. You'll wake up, whatever it is, but learn to just take breaths and count yourself down 10 down down to one. Mm -hmm. And by Mm -hmm. the time I get to the one, I'll be asleep again, relaxed. Um, you can do that. That's self hypnosis. All hypnosis is self hypnosis. Oh, okay. So you're just facilitating. Absolutely. Right. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cause if somebody doesn't want to do it, it it ain't happening. So walk us through the story. So you started, did you start as a nurse and then, and then work your way into hypnotherapy? Sure. I was a, I've been a registered nurse. I worked ICU, trauma, ER, loved it, loved it, loved it. I was really good wow, at it. That's and exciting and scary sometimes, it. right? <laughs> yes. All of the above. Right. Um, you know, ER nurses, trauma nurses are a little bit twisted in the sense that their sense of reality, but the ability to think very quickly, um, when it's happening mm. is, is just phenomenal. It's an experience. Um, when you're have, 15 people around someone saving, literally saving someone's life. Right. It's very rewarding. But I was finding that I was find myself at the head of the bed with the clients who were alert and making contact with them. And I understood very quickly that if I can connect to someone, I could pace them to more comfort and ease and they felt safer and then they, they did better. So they used to call me the new age nurse. They used to put me at the head if I could contact and just, uh, allow them to just, um, feel more comfortable. Mm. So I understood that how we think, and if we connect to something in our life, then there was, uh, it was easier physically Mm. because the Mm -hmm. physical body is just the GPS for the subconscious mind. So I was loving that. And I was raised three kids and, um, you know, 20 years married and my uh, husband fell in love with someone else. And it was devastating. It was, it was a big veer. It was because I just felt like, you know, I was, I was good. We, we had a lot of humor in our marriage and Mm -hmm. it was good. Um, I never would have left the marriage. I was, I joyful. No, Mm. but I would have stayed in it. It was, it was good, you know? And, um, so he fell in love with someone else and I felt a little lost and surprised by it. This is what I understood very quickly is that I had wounds from my childhood. I had, it was raised by an alcoholic mother and who made bad decisions and I love her and I've forgiven her in my heart. I talk about this in the book. Okay. Um, 
about, there's a chapter called, um, let's talk about the F word, which is forgiveness. And <laughs> okay. I like a play on words, but yeah, forgiveness, forgiveness is the key to creating your own state of happy. So forgiveness is, is essential for healing. Mm-hmm. So, um, I did forgive my mom, but the point is, is I spent a lot of my time hiding in a closet telling myself it's okay. It's not you. It's them. It's okay. There was a lot of chaos in my life and Mm. I just knew that I had to keep myself safe. I was really blessed with that ability. And after one particular time in the divorce, just devastated, I found myself in my closet, Jeff, rocking myself, telling myself, it's okay. It's not you. It's him. It's okay. And it was like a moment. It's like the lights went on in the closet and I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't even about my marriage. This is about my childhood. This was the same scenario. I didn't feel safe. And him falling in love and leaving and divorcing exposed the wounds that I thought I had taken care of from my childhood and my childhood had left me with these feeling of unwanted, unlovable and not, not valued. So Mm, someone, your husband of 20 years falling in love with someone else. Yeah. Push salt in those wounds. So, Mm, right. You know, so I stood and it was very clear to me and I started doing my own work and I healed those wounds. I understood that it wasn't my truth. I could disconnect and untether myself from my past and know my truth. And I understood then that anyone can get over the end of a relationship. I had to take care of these wounds. And in the end, I forgave him. Uh, He was just trying to find his version of happy. And thank God he did because it opened me up to healing. It opened me up to this beautiful career of hypnotherapy. And it opened me up to a beautiful, beautiful giving love that I have in my life now with my husband. So so I can look back at it with wisdom, but this was definitely my broom, broom, veer. Yeah, that's that's like a blessing uh, in disguise almost. Absolutely. And that's what I help people understand that there's life after a trauma. There's life after a divorce. There's life after an illness. There's life after a death uh, of someone very important to you. And it's your perception. You choose how you respond to it, but you can learn from it. And you can, it's not a failure. It's not a, it's just something to learn from and to grow. And um, thank God it happened, honestly. Right, right. Wow. Thanks for sharing. That's, That's pretty deep. So that's that. Did you learn or become the hypnotherapist basically to help you rewrite your own code, basic, so to speak? Well, I did. When you're in a trauma or drama, your right. subconscious mind, when you're emotional, your subconscious mind's already open. So traditional therapy can work really well. Mm-hmm. But you begin to close off and get very conscious about your issues. And when my <laughs> when my therapist said. Thank you, Renee, for wrapping it up in a bow and handing it to me, but it's not going to help you solve your problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You always, yes, we all do that. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I would figure it out before I got in there. So, uh, because it wasn't <laughs> safe. So I knew, and she particularly was not great at getting me to drop into my subconscious mind. So I had to find a different way. And, um, when I was, 
a young mother. I had two ba- beautiful babies and I knew I needed another, I wanted another child. He was waiting for me. I just knew it. And I used hypnosis to help me uh, understand that my subconscious mind's not going to let me become something I didn't agree with. Mm. And in my heart, I didn't feel like I was going to be as good a mom to my third baby as my first two. And that hypnotherapist helped me change that. And I wanted to help people the way he helped me. And really, um, so when I got divorced, I was lost and I was on a treadmill and an interview with a hypnotherapist came through and I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. That's absolutely my path. And wow. I, just like that. Yeah. It was just, just like, like that. I got wow. off the treadmill and changed my life in 24 hours and never looked back. And, um, during that work, then I opened up and I worked with a hypnotherapist and finished the job. And, uh, you know, that's, we're always a work in progress, but, I have a lot of joy in my life. I have, I'm living my passion and I get a front row seat every day to people taking back their power, reprogramming their computer, so to speak. Right. And you know, that vroom, vroom, veer, when you see them and they can see an off ramp right. on a highway they've been, they've been stuck on right. and they see the off ramp and that's hope, man, that's just like the best. It really is. Right. I can get off the, I, sometimes I think of, uh, Remember the Jetsons? Of course. Jane, get me off this crazy thing. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's a great metaphor for life, right? (laughs) Sometimes you just have to figure out where that damn stop button is, you know? Anyway. Yeah. Well, sometimes we don't know because we, if you're not, if you don't know, this is why I wrote the book, honestly, because we're not taught how to manage our subconscious mind. And I understood when I started my practice that we're not taught, we're taught how to push it down, push it away, say, Oh, that happened a long time ago. That can't be bothering me. Mm. And I understood just because you turn down the volume doesn't mean it isn't running in the background and you have to deal with it because if you're not, have skills to manage your subconscious mind, someone else is driving that car Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel good. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel safe. So get in the driver's seat, learn how to manage it. And you, man, you're in control and you feel safe and you feel free and you trust yourself again. And you can, you know, veer off that that ramp that you choose. Yeah. You know, I want to share a little, this is like a, not a big deal. It's not like a, a, you know, like a divorce or anything. But it was an example of how I first, I, I don't even know really how, but I became aware of some negative self-talk mm-hmm. while every time I would fly to Japan, because again, wife from Japan, so I have to go back quite often. And mm-hmm. uh, so every year it seemed like I would be like more whiny in my head, right? <laughs> About, Oh, this is such a long trip. Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> right? Right. And, you know? And Oh my God, I can't believe we, now we're landing and I got three more hours. Oh my God. And I would just like whine and whine and whine and whine and whine inside my head. And you know, you can tell now that somewhere along the line, I, I actually was like, you know, if you weren't whining, you, you could probably make this a little bit better, right? So yeah. um, instead of, you know, every time I'd be like, wow, I'm really tired. You know, I would, I would, you know, just stop the script right there and go, but I'm okay. You know, and yep. then, and then, and then make up a little thing. I'm okay. I'm just tired or I'm okay. I'm just cranky because I'm hungry or something to say, I'm okay. I just, right. 
And uh, and that opened up the door to having a way better travel experience. Um, just just by basically stop whining in, on the inside. You know, it was like... Oh, absolutely. Some part of me thought everybody on the planet should know that I'm uh, cranky. <laughs> right. right. And they the should thing- bend over backwards to make me feel better, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, those chemicals, honestly, yes, are they're real. Right, or, right. Cortisol, yeah, but they're right. very addicting. Oh, oh really? And stress and anxiety. Yes. The, okay. Because emotions are neutral. It's what it's the what it's we the attach to it that, that, that right. sends the brain chemistry, right? So it can either okay. be positive or negative, you choose. But those stress hormones, that anxiety, that whiny, they're very addicting. They're powerful. They validate you in some way, right? Okay. But they're very addicting and they don't last very long. So you have to keep recreating oh, them and right. recreating right, right. them. It's like people so you that get are in, get you know like anger junkies or something yep, or rage yep, junkies yep. or okay. Yes. Yeah, I've never heard that. I never heard of a whiny junkie, but it makes sense because I was one. <laughs> it's chemistry. It's right. chemistry. Wow. Right. So yeah. if you understand that it's chemistry, the best pharmacy in in the world is your body, your right. internal. For sure. Right. Oh yeah. So if you learn how to tap into that, man, you can have a good time because those chemicals, you can flip those around. That's what practice happy is about: is flipping those thoughts and retraining your brain. Um, for to to happy to practice happy, and when you do that, research shows with neuroplasticity, you can do that in about three weeks. So right. you just right, have right. to practice the state of happy, and then it changes things for you. And now you have all these beautiful chemicals running in your body. Yeah. Um, but it's awareness for for one. For first, yes. That's to do that. be the first I always step, say right. uh, bad days last as long as you want them to. It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. the the other thing that uh, I know. So I had the first trip after I stopped whining in my head was better. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I started like reading uh, blogs and whatever I could find to figure out how, you know, people travel all the time and they seem fine and they work and do stuff. Right. So I was like, I must be doing something wrong. So, um, I also learned that like some sort of like counterintuitive stuff. Like as soon as you get off of an airplane, um, do like as many push-ups as you can stand, <laughs> you know, you know why that's chemistry right. because now you're pumping, you're, you're activating your prefrontal cortex. It's right. going to help you find balance. Yeah. So yeah, exercise is really important when you're feeling negative. Also that state of gratitude, right? You gratitude and fear right. or anxiety they don't or anger together, right? can't exist. No, they can't exist in the same space. So it's just about flipping it forward. But that's, yeah, that's, that's a, a great chemical idea. sort of idea too. It's all chemistry. It, right, it, right. I'm a science geek. So I do all of this in the platform of science and I love mm. it because when you know that, when you know what's happening with your brain and you know the concept of neuroplasticity or epigenetics, you could shift all this behavior. You don't have to your perception of, of a disease or an outcome is so important because you change the chemistry, but you also change these receptors in your body for right, that disease right. or that pain or whatever it is. Right, right. So it's really important and it's a lot of fun to get into that and uh, learn to manage it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I felt like way better. Um, so anyway, I got over my travel whininess, so that's good. <laughs> Yay for you. Yay. It's amazing. Life gets a little easier. So oh, when yeah. you're having those moments when, or negative self-talk or you have a certain behavior, something you can do uh, is drop in, take some dip, deep breaths and ask that part of that behavior, why are you here? Why are you showing up? And when you're mm, quiet enough, right, right. 
your subconscious mind is always trying to talk and help, it'll give you, it'll say, I'm just here to protect you. Or I'm just here to make you happy because you know you hate traveling and you, and you don't get to do what you want to do in Japan, right? right? right, right. It'll, you'll get answers or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Now you can do that reprogramming, but you have to argue for your truth and you have to just ask that part of the behavior. Why are you here? What is your intention? Mm. And listen, you'll be amazed at the answers that you get. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, I, the, the, the first thing that, that comes to mind is a lot of times those emotions just roll right over you and you don't even, you know, you're already cranky, right? <laughs> so you, you, you have to have some sort of mechanism to catch, to become aware, right? Of the feeling at the sense, it usually is like, um, uh, I'm doing a new diet now and it's, uh, the four hour body by Tim Ferriss. Mm -hmm. And this is about my, this is probably my second like reattempt <laughs> for, okay, for screwing up, you know, like for a while. And this time I, I read a little bit more and got some more of the principles in the book instead of just like stopping, you know, and mm -hmm. going, okay, I got enough. I'm going to go now. Um, but one of the principles that I think I missed was that certain foods um, sort of like spike your sugar and then you get this insulin response. Mm -hmm. And not only does that like turn off fat burning and turn on fat storage, which you don't want to do if you're trying to lose fat, but it also feels very distinctive. I've learned to feel that. I know if now when I have accidentally say like eat a piece of cheese in my salad, I'm like, uh, you know, 15 minutes later, I can feel this like sensation in my body of, ah, oh, hey, that's insulin. <laughs> Absolutely. I, right. Yeah. So what I'm trying to get at is, is like overall you're trying to build this, this, um, this new, uh, like a 2.0 version of awareness that includes yeah. paying attention to what's, what's going on in your body. Absolutely. Because the body is the emotional GPS. It's your subconscious mind. That's how it communicates with you. Yeah. And, um, when you learn to live in your body, I deal with, a, as a nurse, right, and a, and a hypnotherapist, most of my life was taking care of everyone else. I took care of it, and it was so beautiful. I took care of everybody else. Right, you're the giver. I was a mom. I was right. a nurse. I was a volunteer. But guess what I wasn't doing? You weren't taking care of you. I wasn't living in. Oh. It was avoidance because I got all my value outside of me, and I wasn't living in. When I learned to live within again, that's when I started connecting to my body in a new way. That's when I started connecting to my subconscious mind. That's when I, um, felt whole and complete is when I had awareness. Now the, the body communicates through the subconscious mind, right? There is something now when you're feeling fear or stress or sadness, where do you feel it in your body, Jeff? Uh, belly gut. Okay. Okay. Right. That sensation, yeah, that's very common. Some people feel it in their chest or their neck. It just yeah, depends. Yeah, like a tightness, just, right? Yes. Yeah. So that feeling is called felt sense, feeling the sensation of emotion, energy in motion, because everything's translated in chemistry. It's translated in energy, not woo-woo energy. This is the physics of your body. Right. <laughs> right? Right. So, so this is your body's way of saying, hey... Fear's happening here. Let's pay attention. But if you ignore it, it gets louder and louder. And this is where disease, disease shows up for you. Mm. So I have a, a little tip for people is 
pay attention. You learn to allow emotion because if you learn to allow it, it will release instead mm. of it building up and screaming at you later. So think about something that's bothering you right now and feeling that stomach when you can connect to that feeling in your stomach. Um, Jeff, let me know. Hmm. Let's see here. What's bothering me? Uh, okay. Where am I going to park you got the it? truck? I got it. Okay. 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 I know you're moving. So that's right. So, okay. So think about that. Kind of notice what level it's on from a one to 10, 10 being the worst. Put your hand right in that part of your stomach where you feel it. Okay. And your listeners can do this, but don't do it while you're driving. Right. And, um, so put your hand right there. I want you to close your eyes, take a okay. big breath in. Exhale. Tell yourself to relax. Good. Do that one more time. Big breath in. When you're breathing, that's really important. When we're trying to suppress emotion, we hold our breath. So it's important to breathe. Breathe, people. Breathe. Exhale. And when you tell yourself to relax, you're talking to the subconscious mind. Now, I want you to note the sensation. No judgment about what it is, where it came from, why it's there. Nothing. Just pay attention to the sensation. And this sounds a little corny, but it really works. Send it love and acceptance. Mm. So just do that now and watch what happens. Feel what happens. Sense what happens. If it moves, I want you to move your, your, uh, your hand with it. I kind of relaxed a little bit. Good. And it got what? Smaller, right? Yeah. 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 This is you allowing emotion. This is you releasing it. Nice. And now when you do that, you can let go of it. And now you have an opportunity for a new thought. So this is learning to allow emotion without being caught up in it. So it, it's very, very important to just pay attention to that. And it's very healing. No, it's, it's pretty amazing technique. I like that. That's, that's pretty cool. So do you like, um, I know you have a meditation on your, on your website. So mm-hmm. I'm taking you, uh, you meditate. I do my own personal work. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah, yeah, I, um, 20 minutes of meditation is like four hours of restorative sleep. So, and that's where change happens. You can't outthink your life. You can't outthink your stress. You have to, you have to move into an altered state. So I do at least 20 minutes, usually an hour, uh, of meditation a day. I just schedule it into my life. Like Mm -hmm. it's an appointment and I, I find a big difference in my life and my body and, uh, and my, when I'm, uh, how I relate and can sense what's going on with my clients Mm -hmm. if I'm meditating or if I'm not. So I, I really want to suggest to people to, to do some type of going into an altered state, either way, when you're waking up in the morning, there are great, uh, apps, headspace or, Mm. um, calm are very good. They have short five, 10 minute, um, you know, meditations really take the time. If I said here, you could take this pill and you're going to feel calmer. You're going to be able to let go of weight. You're going to, uh, feel more open and loving and fun in your life. Would you, you'd probably take it. Yeah. That's what, (laughs) that's what meditation is. Now people say, I can't meditate. My, my brain's too busy. So I think your they've brain got the is, wrong idea of what meditation yes, is. Yes, yeah. exactly. Nobody calms their brain completely. No. No one, unless you're a monk living in a cave for two years. And even right? they don't. You know, right. it's more a light, you know, probably way more placid, but that's just practice. It is practice. So right. if your brain is very busy, it means your heart is very busy. Mm. This is why you absolutely should go into meditation and argue for your truth and 
figure out what your blocks are, learn how to manage your subconscious mind. And you can't outthink this. Positive thinking does not work when you're in a survival state. It just doesn't. So you no, have to drop chemistry. into an altered right. state. Yep. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about sleep and how sleep mm-hmm. is, is so important for people always, you know, for everything. But like, I know like one of the big things is, is, uh, stress, right? It can really help, uh, alleviate stress. So what are your thoughts on sleep? Uh, well, I have a whole chapter in my book. How big is your butt? About sleep. <laughs> of course it's, <laughs> yes, yeah. it, it, that would be any- another pill, right? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. If you're struck, if you're stuck and you're irritable, just try sleeping. You right. can do it. It it's it's a misnomer that you when you get older you need less sleep. It's not true at all. Uh, it's just something we pretend to tell ourselves. But what pro- what happens when we get older is that we've spent so many years ignoring our subconscious mind that it is screaming at you. And if the only time you're doing it is that when you put your head on the pillow, it will it will talk to you then. Right. So, Uh, I teach people one of the things about sleeping better at night, eating better at night, feeling more connected to your family, your life is learn some techniques through the day to just pay attention to the subconscious mind. Do some breathing, do five, 10, 20 minutes of meditation, Mm -hmm. Um, do these techniques that I teach in my book. And then by the end of the day, you're much calmer. Right, and right. your your say your subconscious mind goes yeah they're listening we can go to sleep now, um, mm. and if you can't sleep do the meditation into a natural brainwave, but also I tell people, I do this myself to, if my mind's racing, I'll write it down on a piece of paper what's bothering me the list of things that are right, going right, on right 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 yeah that and helps. I look at it and I tell my subconscious mind I say it out loud. Help me find solutions for this while I sleep. And I turn it over and I put it on the side of my bed and I go to sleep. And that works. It does work. It does work. And I have lots of tips in the book uh, on sleep, but download the meditation, please, if you're not sleeping. Yeah. Oh, you please, please, please. Your life will get. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> yes, your life will get so much easier if you're sleeping. Yeah. I feel I feel bad when people tell me they haven't slept for four years. Yeah, it's I, uh, really. I've noticed uh, when I was in massage school, um, I was hanging out with a lot of twenty somethings, right? And and I remember I was like this when I was in my twenties too. It's like I don't know if it's a age thing or a cultural thing, um, but like specifically, like just when you get on your own, so you're like in your early twenties. Mm-hmm. It's like, like sleep is the enemy, <laughs> you know, it's like nobody would say that, but it's like they, it's like this stamina contest of who can stay up longest. Right. Um, and of course, once you get to 40, then you're just like dying for a nap always, <laughs> but absolutely right. But I think some of that lingers, like my wife is a good example of, um, like, her sleep patterns are really weird to me. First off, I, I was in the military forever, so I just kind of like programmed myself to get up early because that's what I was doing all the time anyway. So mm-hmm. I just got into that habit of being early riser, you know, awake. And then at night, eh, I'm pretty much ready to go to bed, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But she's like the opposite. So she wants to like stay up all night and then like, you know, just she doesn't sleep good. You know, and then yeah, she yeah. naps a lot, you know, 
um, cause she's just exhausted, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. So this is, uh, interesting enough. So the part of you that's not sleeping, sometimes it's fear-based, um, oh, really? because it's not safe to sleep. Yeah. Oh, or, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm afraid right. if my mind is quiet, then I'm going to remember all this pain in my heart. Or, so yeah, I'd yeah. rather just keep busy, busy, busy and go. And I had a woman one time, she was not sleeping, could not sleep. I even had a hard time really getting her to relax within hypnosis. But eventually we took it slow. I never lead. I only follow. And we went. She had a hard time because she felt that if she closed her eyes and went to sleep, she was going to miss something really important or things weren't going to be safe. So I regressed her to a past memory. She was three years old and she had a younger brother who was um, who was born with a lot of heart diseases and breathing issues. And when she was three, she was in the room with him. She was asleep and she woke up and him in the next crib was gasping for breath and dying. Oh, my God. And yes. And she remembers screaming and screaming and screaming for her mom and her dad. And they came in and then she remembers the ambulances and she remembers all of this in that three year old mind. Now it's now it's imprinted. Sleep if is I dangerous. sleep, I will die. Someone, if I sleep, someone could die. I'm not right. going to, I'm not taking care of those I need to take care of. It's not safe. And, uh, once we dealt with that memory and she cleared that echo and she understood and, um, guess what happened? She started sleeping again. Mm. So it's really important to know what's keeping you awake at night. And it right. might be fear. Yeah, it yeah. might be, I'm going to miss something and I have to be, to be successful. I have to get it all done. But if it's affecting your life, then ask yourself, what, what am I missing out on by not sleeping? What it, how am I affecting my life and my health by not sleeping? And talk to that part that's keeping you awake and change that. Mm, wow. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to talk to my wife about like, because what, what you're talking about, that's deep. Let, uh, uh, let's hope it's not something like that. <laughs> no, it couldn't be. But maybe, it, but maybe it was that she always had to be busy to stay on top of sc- yeah. what she needed to do for school. Yeah, or yeah. well, her parents uh, are the to same be her way best, too. You know, right? maybe they're just some people. Uh, I've noticed that there there are like natural night owl types, right? You know? Oh, there are absolutely. Yeah. There absolutely are. Right, right. There's no doubt about that. But if but just have her check in with herself and see if it's it's that I'm going to miss something mm. or I'm not going to get what I need to get done in my life right, by sleeping. Right, right. Um, then that's <laughs> when we start changing uh, perceptions. I, I can uh, I can tell a funny story uh, because I had a minor victory. <laughs> Yay! This is this is just hilarious. But she would come home and. Um, She's got long hair, so she only washes her hair a couple times a week. Um, mm-hmm. So she's like, "Ah, I gotta wash my hair," and I'm like, "You should wash your hair now," <laughs> you know. And and then you know, I was trying to make it funny and fun, right? Right? Um, right? But I did. I got her to wash her hair before you know, like midnight or one o'clock in the morning, right? And I was right. like, "Yay!" <laughs> there you go. And, I, and it carried over. So now. She didn't wash her hair until like 10 o'clock this time, like yesterday, I think. Right. But still better. She was used. Her old habit was like, um, I usually try to go to bed like around 10 and she would like be passing out like on the couch, like around nine. And then I'd be going, you want to go to bed, honey? And she'd be like, no, I've got stuff to do. <laughs> and there I'm you like, go. I've got 
uh, well, why don't you do it now? <laughs> there you go. Anyway. There you go. Yeah. So, we, you know, make a, make a pact with her that, you know, two nights a week that you guys will go to bed at the same time and, and enjoy oh, that space together. That would be You neat. know, just two nights a week. Right. Start with one night a week, right? Right. And then you start understanding because the dominant emotion will always win. So mm. if you incorporate one night a week and you start and you make it really enjoyable for her and really nice, the connected to her, whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, then that emotion and you've anchored in now this beautiful, positive feeling of connecting with you in a new way when you go to sleep together, mm. rather than the fear that I'm not going to get what I need to get done. So you yeah, change because yeah. the dominant emotion will always win. So when you start incorporate that now she's going to be more motivated to um, spend some time in going to bed with you at night. Right, right. Yeah, I was I was always thinking it was procrastination, right? But she's already exhausted, so I I get it that she needs to nap. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like, where do you start? You know, it's like which which button do you push first? Anyway, we yeah. all yeah understand. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so how do you stop worrying about worrying? This is this is kind of an interesting question that you had on your one sheet. Yeah. And and we've all done this, right? Is this more of a a self-talk thing or is there something deeper going on with worrying about worrying? So many people can relate to that's going to be the title of my next book. Really? (laughs) Really? Wow. Yes. So that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Or that or my addiction one, they'll probably come out around the same time. Uh, I do a lot of work with addicts and I do four day intensives and it's, we could spend a whole nother uh, hour talking about that. Addiction is Um, huge. Yeah. It is, it is huge. But when you get to the, the, the root cause, when you release false beliefs and history and shame and guilt, it really frees people up to stay clean and sober. And mm. I have the hypnosis and, um, and addiction work about a 60 to 80% recovery rate. Mine's about 75% with wow. my clients who do four days. So it's really, four it's days. phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. It's, that's amazing. Four days intensive in and out of hypnosis, all angles. It's incredible. It really is. Um, but the worrying, let's go to the worrying uh, about worry is when you understand what's happening to your mind and how your subconscious mind grabs a hold of information, then you understand that it's a waste. It's a waste that because your mind doesn't know the difference between real or imagined, right? We talked about that. Uh, So when you worry and you create scenarios, if I don't get this done, then my boss is going to be mad at me and I'm going to get fired and I'm going to lose my home and I'm going to be homeless and I'm going to be alone and no one's going to love me. And Right, right. You just keep kicking the wheel. Oh my gosh. Kick kick the wheel. Kick the wheel. So do you get hooked on kicking the wheel? Is that, is that, that you do get hooked on kicking the wheel, but there's, you get train your brain that I have to think about everything to try to find Mm. solutions to be safe and ready. The truth is you're bringing that back on you. Like it's already happened. Your mind and your body are reacting like it's already happening. So not only are you trying to find solutions for what's going on in your life right now, you're carrying the weight of all the possibilities that you just dreamed of on top of you. Right. You're living through the worst case scenario, essentially. Yes. And now you're putting yourself in a fight or flight state, stress hormones. uh, You can't focus. You feel very tired because you're carrying all this weight of this. It's very, very difficult to move forward. When people release worry in their life, they always tell me, oh, I feel so much lighter. I feel so much calmer. I feel free. Right. It's like a relief. Yes. So if you're going to use your imagination 
to worry, negative stuff, flip it around and think of positive. That's what your mind, you want your mind to grab a hold of. And now you have all these beautiful chemicals in your body. Yeah. So release and it worry. makes you, it makes you more able to deal with the actual problem. Absolutely. Because when you're in right. fight or flight, focus right. and calm are non-essential. So your mind doesn't grab a hold of it because your body doesn't know the difference if you're being chased by a lion or you're creating scenarios of doom and gloom in your life. Right. Doesn't know. Right. So all it knows is there's cortisol here. That means this is the feeling that I should be doing. Yes. This means run. Right. This means run, run and hide survive. and fight. Yes. Hold on to that fat. Hold on to those sugar because we right. need it to run. Yes. You, no, no sleeping for you because you, ever you watch, have to be ready. Do you ever watch Star Trek? Of course. Yes. So like. I imagine somebody on fight or flight is like the enterprise when it's in battle. Right. And Scotty's got, you know, he's squeak scraping out the last bits of power and the tiny little bit of dilithium crystal he has left. Right. (laughs) That that's fight or flight. (laughs) That's where your body, that's the state that you're putting your body in. It's like you're now embattled (laughs) and all you can do is get away or, or die, you know, or or shoot, shoot more. Exactly. There's no room for anything else. You can't and do a, a survey no. of a new star system now. You can't. You can't find solutions in your right. life. You can't do it. And you get exhausted. Uh, and, you know, it's like you can't, the zebra can't run from the lion 24 hours a day. If you try to do that, what's going to happen to the zebra? It's going to get exhausted. It's going to. Yeah. It's just going to get sick. It's going to die. It's going to get caught up. So we're not meant to run in that state all the time. And you can get into um, like endocrine failure and adrenal failure. and Those are uh, the the, the, uh, fight or flight addicts basically, right? Yeah, yeah. The road rangers, right? It used to work for you, right? It used to get things done. But if you're feeling tired or you're getting sick or you're gaining a lot of weight, um, look at mm – Look at that. So very important. Mm. Don't worry, people. Yeah. Use your imagination for positive. Yeah. Insert, inject yourself with these incredible chemicals and <laughs> let go of anything. <laughs> and ask yourself, what am I giving up by by this behavior? Yeah. yeah. And, and what can I, I remember myself talk about worry was it made me feel like I was being responsible. Which yes. is kind yeah. of crap, right? Yeah. When you really oh, think yeah. about it. It's okay to say, like, imagine the worst case scenario, but then you have to think of the best possible thing. And the real result will be somewhere in between. I guess it's it's a little bit of uh, being more realistic, right? Yes. I have, you know, you have to prepare your life. There's certain things as an adult that you have to do, right? Yeah. But it doesn't help to create scenarios of doom and gloom. I trust when I learn to trust that I can handle whatever comes my way, Mm. my life just freed up, freed up. You know, if you're driving in your car, let's talk about vroom vroom, right? (laughs) If you're driving in your car and you come around a corner that you've never been on before, do you stop and pull over? Right. I Do you say, oh my gosh, there might be a block and there might be a tree down and I might. No, you just keep driving. You go around the curve because you trust that you're going to be able to handle what's coming around and you want to get to your destination. So true. You would never if get you, anywhere. <laughs> no. If you worry right. and you don't trust yourself, you're pulling over at the side of the road and you're not getting to where you want to go. 
So get in the driver's seat, trust yourself, and you'll go around the corner every time. And that's where your happiness, that's where your success, that's where your prosperity lives. So we're getting close to wrap-up time, but before mm-hmm. we finish up, let's talk a little bit about uh, food and, uh, mm-hmm. and hunger. Because I, I mm-hmm. see that you've got some, some things on, um, on your one sheet here about how can I learn to eat? When you're hungry. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is kind of weird because I, I think we already do that, right? We do. But so remember that felt sense that I was talking to you about? I do. Yeah, yeah. Right? For me, mine goes in my stomach. You're right. So I would just eat and then I would feel like I was starving. But I wasn't starving. It was my felt sense that felt a lot like hunger to me. Oh, and yeah, I felt I like that. I was yeah, starving. Yeah. Right. Right. So when I learned what it was and I learned that technique and I learned to manage it, it would go away. And then I understood that I wasn't hungry. So I you was do just, that little uh, breathing technique. On I you, breathe and right, I do right. this. And then I understand what do I need right now? Do I need food? Do I need a glass of water? Did or I just I, eat? <laughs> or do I need? Right, right. Or do I need to just be aware and or call someone or stand in a minute for gratitude? Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not too flowery. I don't live in a world of rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> I live in the real world. Right. But I do understand my body. So and when I started doing that, it helped me um, lose a lot of weight. Mm. The other thing is I have to tell people really is that um, – Sugar is a drug and for sure. uh, That's true. It ab- yes. And it fires up the brain the same way cocaine does. Mm. And uh, there was a study with mice. Uh, they got them hooked on um, cocaine. Wow. Okay. Yes. And so they would always go, they would wait for the cocaine. They would wait, you know, and then they got them hooked on sugar and they put both cocaine and sugar in the cages. Guess where they stood and waited? They sugar. waited for the sugar. I knew They it. waited for the sugar and ignored the cocaine. It wow. fires up the brain. It's so powerful. And the industry, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the industry pays a lot of money to get the world addicted to sugar. So it's, true. Um, it's hard to release it, but do yourself a favor. Uh, take back your power um, and try to release sugar out of your life mm. at least uh, 80-20, at least 80% of the time. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of research that shows that sugar causes inflammation in our vessels. Oh, yeah. So, well, sugar um, is one of those things that is, like I was talking about before, that is off the list for the four-hour body. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you can it immediately feel that sugar spike and then the insulin response that just makes you feel like it makes me feel like there's too much heat inside of my body and my, my heart is racing kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that's what the it's, felt sense is. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And you're having a, a chemical reaction, right? But also when you're, um, when you're spiking up and down in extremes, when you're eating a lot of sugar, uh, urges, negative thoughts tend to show up for you. Right, so right. my your, addicts your, uh, that I work with yeah, uh, yeah. and my anxiety clients, yeah, I teach them very quickly that you have to release sugar uh, mm. to really find that calm, to mm. find that sense of balance. And it's not just sugar, sugar either, right? I mean, No, it's added sugar. It's added, added sugar. sugar. Like I get it from like fruit. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I only eat fruit once a week. Yeah, I have different feeling about that. I, um, you know, sh- I think natural. It's I think better, a lot yeah. of research showing up. That you know, it depends on what your program, what you're doing. Right, right. But um, you know, well, they sugar say, can sh- help people feel satisfied too. Right. Well, like fruit has fiber built in, so if you're eating fresh fruit, 
some of the sugar response is mediated by the fiber in there too. Absolutely. And right. and we, the thing is, we need sugar. But anyway, so that's it. So just pay attention to your felt sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. If it's showing up in your stomach, um, live in your body. There's, um, there's a great saying that um, eat when you're hungry and feel when you're not. I eat like when that. you're hungry, eat when you're and, hungry feel when, and feel when you're not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you pay attention to your subconscious mind through the day, yeah, you, 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 you will eat tell. better at the yeah. end of the day. You right, absolutely right. will. You won't have that urge, that, uh, that overwhelming tidal yeah, yeah. wave that says, pull in, I need French fries now. <laughs> Renee Brent, this has been a blast. I had a, a, a really good time talking to you. This is so has much been fun. So enlightening. Yeah. Uh, so you are at practi- practice happy now.com and yep. your book is how big is your butt right <laughs> thank you for saying that for me i like it but yes but uh, yeah not B-U-T. not the other one no no but i like it uh, anyway. it's about blocks yeah check it out and um i love to hear from listeners and readers so if you have a question you can reach me at renee brent hypnosis at icloud.com or oh, cool. check out my uh professional page for my practice which is uh renee hypnosis.com and i'd love to hear from you guys cool and i'll put uh, links to those in the show notes thanks renee thank you thanks jeff thanks for the great conversation i appreciate it all right have a good one you too Bye-bye. bye now Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.